This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like normal. Talking BYU basketball as they climb in the national rankings. What does it mean for the BYU basketball program? With the insight of an expert and his thoughts, a former coach from BYU as well, get his thoughts on how good this BYU basketball team is. We'll also talk some BYU football offensive line in particular with BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos, an exclusive conversation here on Locked On Cougars. We'll get to here in just a moment. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Spavia over there in Sandy. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners in the run-up to Valentine's Day here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars, February 11th, 2020 edition. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on Locked On Cougars. This podcast, if you're just finding us, is available each and every weekday, talking all things BYU sports, aiming to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room with the insider information and other news that you need to know about each and every day when it comes to BYU athletics. Let's start off today talking about BYU basketball the Cougars man this is a team if you guys have not bought into BYU men's basketball you probably should should buy in that's just I'm gonna that'd be my first statement on today's podcast they are going to the NCAA tournament barring a collapse of epic proportions at this point in the season BYU now currently number 23 in the NCAA's net ratings which is their rankings the NCAA's tournament selection committee uses to rank teams based on how your record is against top 25 opponents top 100 opponents they break it down by quadrants is what they call it and BYU up to number 23 in the country in that ranking Ken Pomeroy KenPom.com one of the foremost authorities when it comes to predictive analytics for college basketball if you go to KenPom.com BYU currently number 16 in KenPom.com's ratings and as he mentioned last week actually higher than every other team in the SEC kind of crazy to think about that and then currently Andy Katz uh, NCAA.com a longtime college basketball uh, just analyst reporter. He's done everything. Of course, you probably remember him doing his tournament picks in the White House with Barack Obama when uh, President Obama was in the White House. And Andy Katz currently has BYU ranked number 24 in his rankings, up from number 31 last week. And then finally, the Associated Poll Press, which is the Associated Poll, uh, Associated Press Poll, excuse me, I'm screwing up on this. Uh, the Associated Press Poll that came out yesterday comes out weekly. It's the National Media Poll. BYU just outside the top 25 this week, up to 43 votes if you extend the voting out. BYU is four spots outside of the top 25. So the Cougars track Tracking right towards a top 25 ranking, which would be the first time they've been ranked since the end of Jimmer Fredette's senior year. They're ranked number 10 in that final AP poll. So there's a big opportunity for BYU here, y'all. I think this team is on track to make some noise in the NCAA tournament if their shooting remains as stellar as it has been. Jake Toulson, man, 
lights out. I don't know if Jake Toulson will necessarily make the NBA right away, but the NBA is all about guys who have one elite skill. And right now, Jake Toulson is showing his ability. He can just shoot the cover off the basketball, to use that expression. And he's just been incredible for BYU this season, shooting over 45% from three, over 50% overall, I think. Effective field goal percentage is elite. So I don't know if Jake Toulson has the requisite size and or athleticism to make it in the NBA right away, but he has a skill that is an NBA skill, and that is shooting the basketball. And that is a benefit to his work and all the different things he's done. He's the former WAC player of the year last year for Utah Valley University. He was courted by some of the biggest programs in the country as a graduate transfer during the offseason, and he picked BYU uh, to come and play his final season for after starting his career as a Cougar. And it's been a great season overall. BYU is going to make the NCAA tournament, barring them just having an epic collapse. Let's say like this week, if you were to go down and lose to Loyola Marymount in San Diego, yeah, well then there's a lot of, there's a big damper, a big bucket of cold water dumped on BYU's NCAA tournament chances. But the hype is real, the belief is real, and you have to take my word for it. Uh, David James and Patrick Canahan, I work on, I work for DJ and PK in the morning. I'm their executive producer on the Zone Sports Network each and every day. Well, Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach, joins DJ and PK every week, and he joined them yesterday and had some thoughts on BYU basketball. And PK also, so you'll hear the question from PK and his thought. He thinks that BYU, this program right now, is one of the best spots they've been in just over two decades. And Steve Cleveland apparently agrees. So I want to give you some thoughts on uh, BYU basketball, get some thoughts on that. I'm starting to get excited, Steve, and I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself. But as I look at the last 25 years, you know, you had the Jimmer thing, and that obviously was great. And I think you had yours with Travis Hansen and those guys. You know, you had yep. a tournament team that was capable of winning. They underseeded you, I think, a couple years in a row because they didn't have any pedigree and so you ran up against teams that you, you got crappy seeds you should have been able to get a better seed and win nevertheless it was what it was but I look at this team and I'm thinking this team compares to those two eras that I think were the best in the last 25 years am I getting my head of myself or what's your level of excitement I, I agree I, I I'm telling you what there is uh there's a confidence level with this group, and there's a toughness level with this group that uh, they they do they believe they can win every game. I mean, and and I think that you know obviously the the players Yoli uh, and 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 TJ you know have been there and done that, and they're playing with far more confidence. I mean, I, you just listen to Yoli and some of his post game or pre game talks and some of the things he, he he's a different young man. And he th- he's got a different perspective. And, you know, I think with TJ, is uh, playing with so much confidence. And I, and I give, I mean, I, I get, I, Jake Toulson is, is a really, really special player on that team. And not just because he has the ability to have big night scoring, but he is one of the, you know, he, he reminds me of Travis. I, I can't go back into other teams, but Travis was a great leader. And, and, and Jake Toulson is a great leader. And, and I can just tell he, he just rubs off on guys, and he's so confident, and he's, he's so intense, and, and it's rubbed off on his team. And, and so the Dalton Nixons and the Zach Selyuses and Connor Harding, who may be the most underrated player on that team, we may not talk about him today that much, but 
I look at this team and they're just playing with so much confidence. And I honestly, I do believe that they can beat Gonzaga at home. I, I, I know it'll take a very special game, but I don't know that I, you know, Dave did some amazing, crazy things on the road against these teams. But at, at the end of the day at home, they've never really had the ability to do that. And I think that now they're in a situation where they're confident, there's a toughness there, everybody knows their roles, and it's, they're playing a seven, eight-man, you know, playing seven, eight, getting back to back. We'll see what happens there. But I have the same feelings you do, Pat. I mean, I, 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 I really like this team at all levels. And even when they're not playing well, they, they get back into games, and even when they're playing well, they'll have some slippage, and uh, boom. And, and Mark's done a nice job. They, they, he's really connected. And not just Mark, but his staff. You know, and he's got a really good staff that connects well with guys. And you can, you can tell there's just great chemistry, besides being some, some significant talent on this team in terms of being able to shoot the three, especially. There you go, Steve Cleveland, BYU basketball, former BYU basketball coach, currently joining DJ and PK Weekly. You also can hear him on some of the other local programs. Uh, BYU TV has him on BYU Sports Nation quite often as well. But some great thoughts there from Steve Cleveland, and he's a believer in this program. I believe, I'm believe i a believer in this program. I hope you guys are starting to buy in because I think this is a really, really fun and good basketball team, speaking of the BYU men's basketball program, and they should be celebrated as such. They'll be on the road this week at Loyola Marymount on Thursday before he's facing off against San Diego on Saturday. So big opportunity for two road wins for BYU and based on everything we've talked about, their rankings, they should handle these games just fine. They cannot afford to have a screw-up at this point in the season because, like I said, it would take an epic collapse for BYU to miss the tournament. Well, if you lost both games this week, that would qualify as the start, at least, of an epic collapse for BYU. So, uh, Thursday night, Loyola Marymount, 9 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPNU there at Gersten Pavilion in Los Angeles. If you want to get out, if you're in Southern California, you you can go watch BYU face off against the LMU Lions. That's an option for you guys. All right, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football next. Eric Mateos, one of my favorite interviews on the BYU football program, had a great conversation with him about BYU's offensive line, signing day, and what he expects from his program going forward. We'll get to all of that coming up here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, today is Tuesday. Valentine's Day is on Friday. And if you're like me, you're probably still scrambling to figure out what to give your significant other for Valentine's Day. Well, I want to introduce to you guys Spavia, an option for you guys to make sure you're taken care of and also your significant other is taken care of. Spavia has incredible deals. They have gift cards, spa package discounts. They offer couples massages, facials, sports massages, deep tissue, hot stone massages, Everything and anything a five-star resort would offer in their spa, Spavia has for you. And you don't have to be staying at the resort. They're bringing that five-star five star spa feel to everybody. That's what I love about Spavia. I went and visited them a couple weeks ago, got a massage. And as I've said before, it was the best massage I have had in my entire life. It was absolutely phenomenal. If you guys want to make sure your significant other is taken care of, give Spavia a call. Their best offer they have right now is going out to all of our Locked On Cougars listeners. Right now, if you buy two gift cards, you get a third of equal value for free. So if you buy $250 gift cards, you get another $50 gift card for free from 
from Spavi. It's their gift to you. It is literally the best deal they're offering anybody this time of year in the run up to Valentine's Day. You still got a few days left before you have to figure out exactly what you're doing for Valentine's Day, but make it easy on yourself. Give Spavi a call, 801-424-7566. Mention you're a Locked On Cougars listener, and they'll put together the perfect spa package for your significant other. They are the best of the best. Score points with your Valentine today and give the gift of ultimate relaxation and pampering. Give the gift of Spavia. You can find them in Sandy, 10261 South State Street in Sandy, or just give them a call while you're driving or just killing time at your home. 801-424-7566. Mention you're a Locked On Cougars listener and Spavia will take care of the rest. I had a chance to catch up with BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos in the aftermath of BYU's National Signing Day last week. Had a great conversation with him. If you remember last fall, him and I, we spoke and we talked a lot about what he termed poison and the the hype that his offensive line was getting in the aftermath of the USC win and then the back-to-back losses against Toledo and USF. And he felt like his, his players were buying into the hype and it affected their performance. Well, we talked a little bit about that. We also talked a lot about the signings for for his group and speaking of the offensive line group for BYU and just overall what his thoughts are on the unit which BYU is an offensive line going to have a bevy of talent going into 2020 well we had a great conversation with him without further ado let's get to it here's Eric Mateos with myself exclusive here on Locked on Cougars you guys have two offensive linemen that are in the actual recruiting class, per se, but you have a bunch coming back off of missions here. And a number of young offensive linemen already in the program. What's it like looking at these guys and trying to evaluate, okay, who do we add immediately and who do we add after missions, et cetera? Yeah, well, what we're at, we're at kind of a surplus of O-line. We're, we're over our allotment for the fall. So we knew this class had to be a little bit smaller um, and uh, but because the, the amount of guys coming back from uh, Mango, Pay, uh, Seth Willis just got in here this semester, um, Campbell and Tyson. So we have a lot of young guys coming into the fold. So I'm uh, really excited about them. They're all kind of coming at different times. So um, managing it is, is, is a little bit uh, difficult at times. And then now when you start incorporating talk of guys maybe even leaving early for the draft, that's another that's another conversation altogether. So all those factors going into it, um, take some planning, take some work. Um, this class was going to be small altogether. We knew we couldn't sign anybody that wasn't going on a mission. And... Um, um, but the uh, next class, every, each class has its kind of own stipulations. So we had a very specific thing we were looking for this class, and the next class will be a little bit different. Is it nice, though, knowing your offensive line coach, hey, I've got a bevy of guys here I can evaluate during spring and fall coming up? Yeah, well, um, I think just having bodies to be able to move. You know, spring is a big opportunity for me to move guys around and play different positions, getting guys back from injury, having new guys. I'm really excited to work with Seth. Um, having all those options, is uh, that's what spring is for, is to play with play with different lineups, play with different possibilities, you know, see if a guy can play guard, see if a guy can play tackle, see if a guy can play the other side. So the more guys you have, it, it makes it challenging for me because everybody wants the reps. And um, you know, I think we have nine guys coming back that have started a game for BYU, and that makes it even more competitive as it is. So not only with adding new guys that are hungry, but you also have guys that want to be one of the starting five on the first game. So it's, 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 it's fun. 
You've got two linemen, speaking of James Empey and Brady Christensen, who are, according to Pro Football Focus, two of the top 20 linemen in the country. Is that nice to have two guys who you can count on as leaders who are among the elite of the country? Yeah, well, it's just nice to have good players. I mean, the, the thing about them is they're coachable. Um, talented guys are, are worth... Uh, worth you know very little if they're not coachable and so having guys like that that are coachable i would consider them you know they were our they were in my eyes the way i grade the film they were our only guys that graded out at a winning a winning grade for the whole season so in my eyes those are our only two returning starters so that's over 13 games yeah yeah so over a whole course of season they were the the only ones that graded out for the season over what i consider a winning grade and so in my opinion they're 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 our only returning starters that uh, have their job pretty much secured everything else is open but they're a joy brady's a joy you know we really challenged him to improve in a lot of areas and he took the coaching really improved his run blocking and his pass blocking went from being uh, pretty good to I think he's on an elite level right now on a national level and um, and then James has an elite brain uh, he bails us out out of a lot of bad situations with uh, with his calls and his recognition so those guys you have guys like that you feel like you got a chance you lost Kiefer Longson and uh, Tristan Hodge midseason them coming back now you mentioned you have two guys you feel like have locked up spots they have to compete with everybody else i'm assuming to earn their spot back essentially yeah there's there it's all about production no matter what the hype is no matter what uh, uh the outside world's expectations are our expectations are the most important um our standard is the most important so those guys just like everybody else they have to earn they have to earn the right to start uh game one so um I'm excited to have them back, and they're going to absolutely be in the fold, but there's no guarantees. I mean, Clark Barrington in the bowl game graded out 94% and had a bunch of knockdowns and was a savage. So, you know, he, he he's as hungry as any of them. And so, you know, those guys are going to – everybody's going to have to compete. I want to about Blake Freeland. He's kind of been a sensation as he came down the stretch run of the season here. He became really what looked like a good right tackle. How did you evaluate his play? I thought he improved. I thought he was getting way too much credit um, in the fir- I mean, his first few games he started just because it goes back to, oh, well, he's doing good for a freshman. Correct. Where... You know, so he was getting a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of juice from the outside world, but um, I kept I kept swinging at him, and Coach Grimes kept swinging at him, and and I love his talent, I love his uh, eagerness, but again, he's he he he, he did not. Uh, I think he had one game where he graded out, where I would say that's a winning performance, uh, and when I say winning performance, I mean you could beat anybody you play yeah. with how you played, and so uh, he only had one of those, so he's got to build on that and he's got a long ways to go, but I love his eagerness and his work ethic. You and I had a memorable conversation midseason last year about poison and the outside hype that can get in an offensive line or just a player's head in general. Mm. How do you feel your guys responded to that conversation and you trying to hey, tamp down, hey, you guys need to understand that you guys need to play better? Well, I think there was, I mean, I think they got the message and I don't think they were ever being defiant with the expectations but you know I think coming off the USC win um, 
I think we got a little bit too big for our britches, in my opinion. I think when we went and played Washington, I thought we really played poorly. And Toledo, I thought we responded. You know, the the stats might not, you know, the, the, the perception might be that we didn't play great. We actually had four guys that graded out in the 90s in that game, one guy that had a bad game. And so I know as a, as a unit, we probably didn't have the stats that we wanted to in that game, but I actually thought we responded back from the Washington game. But I think the overall... The overall message to these guys has to be that it's awesome to get these accolades. It's awesome to have people be excited about you, but that means nothing. And that's our whole theme this offseason. As soon as the uh, you know, pro football focus named us as a, as a great O-line, I knew we were. Mm-hmm. Everyone seemed to think we stunk, but, I mean, I knew what was, what was on the film. Um, and that's great, but that does nothing for your next season. And so that's the kind of our theme this offseason is don't let the poison in. Anyone that writes uh, hype stuff about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out. That's poison, and I, and I and I don't care. And everyone's got to do their job, and my job is to make sure that my guys are staying level-headed and hungry. And uh, I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna keep you know punching them in the face, you know, figuratively, not literally. But I'm going to keep swinging at them and making sure that uh, our mindset is that it does not matter what anyone says about you except what your opponent says about you when they put on your film. And that's the most important thing. Coach, thanks so much. Yep, appreciate it. There you go, Eric Mateos, BYU football offensive line coach. You heard him say only two starting positions in his mind are locked down at this point, and that is for James Empey at center and Brady Christensen at left tackle. And I really respect his thought process on that. Both of them are ranked as top 20 linemen in the country. He said their effort, their play, their level of consistency has earned them those starting jobs. The other three are going to be wide open. Guys like Clark Barrington, Tristan Hodge, Chandon Herring, Keanu Sale Apaga. There's going to be a bevy of guys. Blake Freeland, you heard him talk about, a young man who didn't necessarily grade out the best, but you can see the talent in him. There is going to be a lot of competition in spring ball and on into the offseason as getting ready for fall camp and the 2020 season along the offensive line for BYU. The good news is there's a lot of talent in that room. They're going to have, they only lost one player from last year's unit. You heard him talk about there's been nine players who have started games for BYU in that offensive line room, so there's going to be just all kinds of competition going back and forth between those three other spots currently that are not necessarily locked down for a starter and I'm excited to see what this offensive line can do. Jeff Grimes has talked in the past speaking of BYU's offensive coordinator about the fact that he wants the offensive line to be the quote unquote tip of the spear. Well 2020 is a big opportunity for BYU's offensive line to truly become that. I think they're growing up right before our eyes and I think this offensive line has all the talent to be an elite unit in the country, not just in BYU history. I think in the app total whole country, BYU's offensive line could be something very significant for the Cougars. So thanks to Eric Mateos for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. We'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are driving around, make sure to listen to this podcast. You can do it real easy. You don't have to use a finger. You have to lift a finger literally to listen to this show. All you have to do is tell your smart device, your smartphone if you're in your car, your smart speaker at your home. Tell it, play podcast podcast locked on cougars and that way you always stay up to date with all the latest in byu sports news like i said in the open we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the byu sports news you need to know each and every day and you make it real easy on yourself just by telling your smart device play podcast locked on cougars and a first and 10 from the 12 blitz coming mcgloin sees it floats it got a man and it's a touchdown colby pearson for six 
That right there is the play-by-play of Kobe Pearson, former BYU wide receiver, scoring his first touchdown in XFL action on the opening weekend for the New York Guardians in their win over the Tampa Bay Vipers. Congratulations to Kobe Pearson, a guy who just absolutely is ground and ground and ground. It's good to see him having success in the XFL, and hopefully it leads to bigger and better things for him, but off to a good start. He had two catches in the game for 44 yards, the second most on the team, also was targeted four times and had that touchdown catch. So congratulations to Colby Pearson. His former BYU teammate, Micah Hanneman, was playing on the opposite sideline for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Actually had an assisted tackle on one of the catches for Colby Pearson. Hanneman finished the game with three total tackles, two of them solo in that game. And I think that BYU is just having a fun... These former BYU players are just having a good time. Tomasi Laulile played for the Dallas Renegades in their loss to the St. Louis Battlehawks on Sunday. I think watching these guys play because they're truly not making elite money in the XFL. The most you can make, essentially, if you're a position player in the XFL is $55,000. If you compare that to practice squad in the NFL, etc., it's pennies on the dollar. These guys are playing there with the opportunity, hopefully, to show a bigger audience and more NFL scouts and front office personnel that they can play at a high level. And Colby Pearson, a guy like that, I think he's making the most of his opportunities so far. I'm hopeful the XFL makes it. Call me an optimist. I've been all in on this uh, this spring football kick with the Alliance of American Football last year, now the XFL this year, and I'm rooting for all the former BYU players in that game, and best of luck to them. A couple of notes before you before we go is Philip DeBrito Ferreira collected MPSF Defensive Player of the Week for BYU Men's Volleyball, ranked number two in the country in the AVCA coaches poll, but number one in the media poll. He had 13 total blocks in the wins for BYU over number seven UCLA and number eight Pepperdine. BYU now 12 and 0 on the season 2-0 and in MPSF play. They're headed to Grand Canyon on Friday for the first conference road match of the season. That's at 6 o'clock Mountain Time down there in Phoenix. And then finally, something I failed to note yesterday, I mentioned the fact that BYU was starting their uh, spring season at the Lampkin Invitational down in Rancho Santa Fe, California in golf. What I didn't realize, and this is my fault on this, is they're actually playing a match play format down there at the Lampkin Invitational. And BYU got off to a rough start, losing to Washington State 4.5 to as half four and a half points to a half point and Cal State San Marcos three to two on day one of the match play invitational. So a rough opening for BYU. Hopefully they can bounce back today on the second day of the tournament. We'll have a recap of how things go for the Cougars today. They'll play a third and final round today against UC Irvine in the seventh place seventh place matchup of that tournament. We'll, of course, keep you updated on how things go for the Cougars against the Anteaters on tomorrow's podcast. That'll do it for today's edition of the show. We've been brought to you today by our good friends over at Spavia. Once again, if you're looking for something for Valentine's Day, I'm telling you guys, Spavia is the best of the best. Give them a call, 801-424-7566 or visit them there in Sandy, 10261 South State Street. If you know where the Sonic is at on State Street, it's right next door, so check it out, guys. Of course, we'll have more for you on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Excited to be covering BYU sports each and every day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for February 11th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow. 